Welcome to the MPC Podcast. I am Tim W. Gill, pastor of Medora Pentecostal Church, and I'm thrilled that you've joined us today. Here at MPC, we are committed to bringing hope and building lives. One way we do that is through this podcast. Thank you for listening, for sharing and reviewing what we do here. It is our desire to connect with you, and you can find us on Facebook, or you can find us at our website, medorachurch.com. It is our prayer that today's message inspires you, encourages you, and that the kingdom of God is advanced in your life. Let's get right to the word of the Lord today. The book of Psalm chapter 1, and we are going to go to verse 1. Blessed is the man that walketh not in the counsel of the ungodly, nor standeth in the way of sinners, nor sitteth in the seat of the scornful. You decide where you're walking, where you're standing, and where you're sitting. Somebody say amen. Verse 2, but his delight, his love, his passion, his desires is in the law of the Lord. And in his law doth he meditate day and night. And he shall be like a tree planted by the rivers of water that bringeth forth his fruit in his season. His leaf also shall not wither, and whatsoever he doeth shall prosper. I want that. How about you? I want that. Then jumping over to the 119th Psalm, 140 uh, is the verse. Psalm 119 and 140. Thank you, Jesus. Thy word is very pure. (laughs) It's not just pure. It's very pure. It's true. It's peerless. It's pristine. There is nothing wrong with his word. Therefore, thy servant loveth it. Loveth it. This morning, I want to talk to you about loving the word and doctrine. Loving the word and doctrine. Hallelujah. Lord, we praise you today. We thank you, God, for your blessings and your abundance. Oh, Lord, today I'm asking you, Heavenly Father, to help us touch our minds, touch our bodies, oh God, that we may be instruments for you to receive the glory. We thank you, God, today for your word. We thank you, God, today for your power and your blessings. Lord, now let your word come alive to us. In Jesus' name, let everybody say amen. Amen. Turn to three people and say, I love the word and doctrine. I love the word and doctrine. And you can be seated. How many know that love is complex? Love is complex. When you first fell in love and you looked in the eye of your your person that you love, you thought, man, this is a wonderful thing. But love is complex. It's multifaceted. Love covers a wide spectrum of human faculties. Love involves more than just emotions. It connects to our mind. It connects to our will, to our thoughts and affections. Daniel Hyde wrote an article online, expressed it this way. Love is rooted in knowledge. Love is exercised in willful decision. 
Love is experienced in the affections. I like that. If we love God, we will love his word. If we love God, we will love his word. A one woman I saw on a reel, a video reel, uh, the, the person asked this woman who, who happened to be a part of the alphabet brew. You know who I'm talking about. <clears throat> and then was asked, are you a Christian? To which she responded, yes, I am. And then the interviewer asked, do you believe the Bible is the word of God? And she said, no, I do not. No, I do not. It is utterly impossible to be a Christian and not believe that the Bible is the authentic word of God. It is impossible to say I'm a Christian and disobey his commandments. It is impossible to say that I love uh, Jesus Christ and not fulfill his wishes. It is important to say to yourself and to the Lord, your word is very pure. I, your servant, love it. I love the word of God. Do you love the word of God today? Have you become connected with a a decision, an emotion, an affection that says this word is a lamp unto my feet and a light unto my pathway? I can't make a decision without this word. It tells me what I need to know. Everything we believe, all that we preach, every brilliant blazing light of truth that comes from this word, amen, is what we've got to stand on. Stand on the word of God. This is the absolute authority. Amen. We find that we've got to have this authority and this word, not only loving the word, but love doctrine as well. Doctrine without demonstration leads to dead religion. There must be an understanding that doctrine of the word of God is true and pure as well. Everything we believe comes from the word. Within the pages of God's word, we find that paradise is restored, heaven is revealed, and hell is exposed. Amen. What was in the garden is now brought back to us in the death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus Christ. The word of God is declared to be strength for the weak, comfort for the aged, water for the thirsty, rest for the weary, The word of God is bread for the hungry. It is hope for the hopeless. It is salvation for the sinner and grace for the believer. The word of God is light and the word of God will lead us to the gate of heaven. Oh, praise God. Somebody say amen. To believe the word of God is to live it. To know the word of God is to love it. And to love it is to accept it. To accept it is eternal life. Amen. How many want to live it? Love it. Accept it. Keep it in the name of the Lord. The New York Christian Herald published this. It says, I am greatly disappointed with some preachers of today with their logic and their ethics. Their uh, atrocity, their, their way with their science and their theories 
and their new theology full of everything but Jesus and his love for you and me. There's plenty in the Bible for preachers of today if they will but search its pages and for help divine would, would they pray. For God's word is everlasting. It never will go old. <clears throat> Tis indeed a priceless treasure far precious than gold. If the preachers in our church would preach Jesus crucified, how through love for us he suffered and through love for us he died. Then live our lives would not be empty as so many of today, but be filled to overflowing in the Pentecostal way. We need the word of God. We need to fall in love with the word of God. Preach the word. Somebody say, preach the word. <clears throat> in Acts chapter four and verse 24, it says that the early church continued steadfastly in the apostles' doctrine and in fellowship and in breaking of bread and of prayers. They continued steadfastly in the apostles' doctrine. And then Titus in uh, verse nine of chapter one, holding fast the faithful word as he hath been taught that he may be able to by sound doctrine both to exhort and to convince the gainsayer. Say sound doctrine. If you love the word, you will love its truth and everything that it pertains to. The word doctrine, let me define it like this. The word of God, you have the word of God and then you have doctrine. What does doctrine mean? We often run from that theological word. But doctrine refers to the content and the context of teaching everything that is taught. So when we say the apostles' doctrine we're not just referring to what they taught. We're referring to their context and they're referring to their content. Amen. Doctrine is about getting it right. Doctrine is about studying and surrounding yourself with the knowledge of how everything works. Uh, in, in, in Bible training, they call this hermeneutics. Amen. Hermeneutics simply resides in good, sound doctrine. Are you thankful for good sound doctrine, this word comes alive by sound doctrine. This word becomes real by sound doctrine. Doctrine is what is taught. It is taught by various ways, by the men of God, by ladies that, that speak and declare it. Uh, amen. Whether you be at school, whether you be on the job, you are also a teacher of sound doctrine. Let's get it right. This world is getting it wrong left and right. Many denominations are leaving sound doctrine. They're leaving the truth. Those that even classified themselves as apostolic, amen, have decided to vacate the doctrine that has been taught through the years. I want to know today, do you love the word? Yes, sir. But do you also love sound doctrine? Do you love the word and do you love the teaching of the word? Do you like to know what the context is and the content is? I need to know what God is. We don't have time for uh, unknown or uh, unaware or without knowledge or ignorant saints of God. We need to love the word and then know the word in a special way. Thank God for sound doctrine. Can you say thank God for sound doctrine? We will find that Paul wrote 
First and Second Timothy to a young man by the name of Timothy who was a pastor, a young pastor who was the overseer of a large church in Ephesus. He has a lot to say to Timothy about doctrine. He has a lot to tell him about doctrine. If you open up the book of 1 Timothy, you will find several places. Let me just kind of hit the highlights of them. I won't read all of the verses and everything, but, uh, uh, but you will find that sound doctrine was a focus of what Paul is telling Timothy. He said, I admonished you to stay in Ephesus as I went on to Macedonia. He said, I want you to stay and lead this church. I want you to stay and be the, uh, the overseeing elder of this church. He said, that, uh, and he said, I charge that you teach no other doctrine. That you teach no other doctrine. What is he saying? What I've taught to you, you teach. Don't teach any other doctrine. Don't give heed to fables and endless genealogies which, quench, which ministers questions rather than glorifying God which is in faith. Don't get bogged down in a bunch of junk. Read and believe the word and teach sound doctrine. Hallelujah. Paul told Timothy, don't be deceived and don't give heed to seducing spirits and doctrines of devil. There is doctrines of devil. The devil has a doctrine. It's just not the right doctrine. It's not connected to truth. You will find that Paul told Timothy, uh, you can look this up in 1 Timothy 4 and 6 if you like. I don't have it for the screen. But he talked about how that, uh, he said, I I put the brethren into remembrance of this thing, that thou be a good minister of God or a good minister of Jesus Christ, nourished up in the words of faith and of good doctrine. Amen. Paul told Timothy, he said, take heed unto thyself and under the doctrine continue in them. Amen. For in doing so, you'll be saved and those that hear you. It takes sound doctrine to come out of the unbelief and false doctrine. It takes sound doctrine. Praise God for the word. I love the word, but I also love good sound doctrine. Hallelujah. He told uh, Timothy the words of the Lord Jesus Christ. Uh, he said, and the doctrine, he said, teach that. Teach. Don't go any other way. Consent not to those who have gotten a hold of unwholesome words, but you take the word of Jesus Christ and sound doctrine. He could have just said the word of God, just take it with you, but he didn't say that. He said, take the word and sound doctrine. What is he saying? Make sure you take that word and use it in context and use it in the proper content. Oh, praise be to God. Don't just take one verse and make a doctrine out of it. You make sure and see what does it mean? How is it setting in that particular place? Where are they at? Who is it to? Amen. Because it takes some time to study the word. But if you love the word, you're going to love sound doctrine. Paul told Timothy, he said, you have known fully, known fully my doctrine. You have known fully my doctrine and you've known my manner of life, my purpose, my faith, my long suffering, charity and patience. You have known this, Timothy. I want you to love the word, but I also want you to love sound doctrine. Open up your Bibles with me. I'm going to 2 Timothy chapter 4 and verse 1. 
Oh, praise God. <clears throat> he said, I charge thee therefore before God and the Lord Jesus Christ, who shall judge the quick and the dead at his appearing and his kingdom. Preach the word. Preach the word. What he's saying is, give your doctrine. Preach the word. When the man of God preaches or a lady is ministering in the word, when the word is going forth, it is declaring what God's word was. He said, don't preach your theory. Don't preach a, a doctrine that is not connected to good uh, hermeneutics or good understanding of scripture, but preach the word. Be faithful. Be instant in season and out of season. Reprove, rebuke, exhort with all long suffering and what? Doctrine. You don't know how to be long suffering if you don't have good doctrine. You don't know how to reprove if you don't have good doctrine. You, you, can't, uh, you can't rebuke if you don't have good doctrine. Hallelujah. There are some people today that are reproving and rebuking and, and trying to exhort, but they haven't looked at the context of Scripture and they haven't looked at the content of Scripture. Hallelujah. I would to God that there'd be some folks that today would simply take some time and read the Word and study the Word and learn the Word. And listen to the word. We got to have the word. And we have to have doctrine. There has been a period of time that, that uh, our, our worship songs was simply, if you remember back, uh, hallelujah, the mighty God is Jesus, the Prince of Peace is he. It's all in him. Anybody remember that? It's all in him. That's a good doctrine song. Amen. And over the years, we go through periods of time where our songs change to different things. And we have been in a season of, of, of loving him and worshiping him and, and blessing us. The songs are about loving him, worshiping him, and blessing us. Amen. But I believe, as I was talking to a couple, uh, an apostolic couple over at the Maduro Ghost Pink, and she is a songwriter and a worship leader. And she said, uh, told about how that there was a group of apostolics that come together to write songs. And the mission was to write doctrine songs. We are now seeing a pendulum swinging from just, just bless me, Lord, and love me, and I love you, and everything's going to be all right. To, amen to doctrine songs. We need some doctrine. We need to know what the gospel is. Not everybody is preaching the gospel. Not every doctrine is right. Amen. But we need good, sound doctrine to realize where we stand. Because if you got an emotion and you got a feeling and you got a good worship song that tickles your, your heart, that's wonderful. But when you got doctrine, you got something that'll keep you when the storm blows. You've got something that'll keep you when the when enemy attacks. Oh, it's not just an emotion of whoo, so good to be in the house of the Lord, but we need the word of God and sound doctrine. <clears throat> Praise God. Ooh. Then he said in verse three, if you can put that back up, for the time will come. Somebody say it is here. For the time will come when they will not endure. Sound doctrine. So not only do we have sound doctrine, we got doctrine critics that pick apart, that pick apart what the word of God is saying or what a pastor is putting together through content and context and he's putting together the word of God 
Amen. Let me just stop and say here, sheep that are in a local church, saints that are in a local church will be held accountable for what is preached across the pulpit. Every minister that preaches is going to be held accountable for what doctrine that they proclaim. You can't just simply sit there and say, I reject that. I don't believe that. It, 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 if I'm preaching or someone's preaching a false doctrine, then stop it. Don't just simply disagree with it. Stop it. If, if false doctrine has come across the pulpit, amen, then there's time for being reckoning and God will take care of it. But I watch people as they just simply say, I was talking to, I was talking to a pastor just a, a, a few days ago at the meetings and he was talking about how that he has an individual that is being controlled by a Jezebel spirit. And one way you can know it is that she, it's a, this particular person, is a, or this spirit is on a, a lady and that she rejects the word of God without any foundation and does what you want it. Let me just tell you, you got to be careful how you think about doctrine. And somebody say, sometimes you got to endure it because you won't agree with it. How many of you endure some things about the word of God? I got one for you. Turn the other cheek. What? No, no great amens? Nobody stood up? Nobody took off running around the aisle? There's some things about the word of God that I disagree with and I have to endure it because my flesh says no. Amen. But I want to endure it, Brother Carl, because I want to make it and because I believe if this is the word of God and it is sound doctrine and it has content and context, then I'm going to love it even if I don't like it. Some will not endure sound doctrine, but after their own, their own lust. Let me just tell you some of this junk that you'll see on YouTube of people that have left good doctrine. It sounds really good, but if their foundation has been disrupted, it is not good sound doctrine. Right. Amen. But it's their own lust that have heat to themselves, teachers having itching ears. Amen. Teachers that want to make you feel good. I have a little problem sometimes if a person declares that they're a prophet and the only thing they prophesy is prosperity, healing, blessings, amen, because I look at Scripture, it also has a time of reprove, rebuke and exhort. What we need is to fall in love with good, sound doctrine. We need to fall in love with the Word and fall in love with what is being taught. It's not that... that, that, that I'm not trying to throw stones at anybody. I don't believe that I have it all. And I don't believe that I understand all about God. There's not a person on this planet that does. But what has been revealed to me and what has been revealed to you by the word of God, we must obey it and it is sound doctrine. Oh, praise God. Praise God. God is good, isn't he? <clears throat> All right, let's go to verse four. No man that warreth entangleth himself with affairs of this life, that he may please him who hath chosen him to be a good soldier. If you love the word, you won't allow anything else to tear up your life. 
And if a man also strive for the masteries, yet is not crowned except he strive lawfully, the husbandmen that laboreth must be first partakers of the fruit. Consider what I say. The Lord give thee understanding in all things. That's my prayer. The Lord give you understanding in all things. How many of you have ever heard the discussion and the debate over pre-trib, mid-trib, post-trib? Anybody? I'm preaching on prophecy when Jesus is going to come, whether we're going to be in the beginning of the tribulation, we're going to go up in the middle of the tribulation, or the last uh, of the tribulation. Here's my look at that. I hope it's the first. Hallelujah. I hope and believe that, that we're going to miss a lot of the things that are coming on this earth. And, 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 and if it's in the middle, <laughs> I like that a little bit less, but that's okay. I sure don't want to go up at the end because there's going to be. But there are people today that are living in things that is even harder than you and I can imagine. Right now, they are cutting off the heads, crucifying. They are crucifying people who are called Christians by Hamas today in southern Israel. They're crucifying them, and they're, they're calling them an infidel. They're not a Christian. They just cut their heads off. Listen, there's some people right now that say we're at the end of the tribulation. The most important thing, though, we need to know in this doctrine, he said, I am coming back. I don't know whether it's the beginning, the middle, or the end. I got my hopes and I got my ideas, but one thing I do know... He's coming back again. And that's a doctrine I can hold on to. Hallelujah. Well, he's tearing his coming. Well, don't, don't give up. Don't give hope. It may be today. It may be tomorrow. Amen. It may be in the next moment where we're going to get out of here, praise the Lord. If you go to the grave, you're coming out of the grave. That's good sound doctrine. Yes, sir. We can have theories and we can have ideas and concepts about this work. Oh, Lord, help me stay on point. I'll go back to my notes in a minute. This word right here, I don't understand it all. I don't. And I don't have, I wish, Brother, Brother, Brother Chris, that, that the Lord had said in Revelation, you'll be blessed if you read this book. I wish he had said, and you'll understand it. I don't have a clue about Revelation. I read it. I study it because there's a promise in it. There are things that you and I will never understand this side of heaven, but there's a promise if we read it, if we study it. Uh -huh. I, I like to have more than a little, little patty cake on that. Amen. If you love the word of God, you may not understand it, but you'll keep believing it just like he said he would. He's coming back. In a moment, in a twinkling of an eye, just like he said he would. By the signs of the time, by what is happening in Israel, everything that happens in the Middle East, a believer ought to perk up, amen, and begin to pray for Jerusalem, yes, but begin to look up because redemption surely is drawing nigh. And I want to be ready. That's good doctrine. Love it. Praise God. Praise the Lord. Woo. He said, verse 7, 
Consider what I say, and the Lord give thee understanding in all things. Verse 8, remember that Jesus Christ is the seed of David, was raised from the dead according to my gospel, what I'm preaching to you, wherein I suffer trouble as an evildoer, but look at this. I suffer trouble as an evildoer, even unto bonds. Don't let situations trick you into thinking that if I'm in this situation, the word is off. Paul is in prison, in bonds, and he yet says, I love the word, I love the doctrine, and said, Timothy, I want you to know, I am in bonds, I am in bonds, but he doesn't stop there. What's the next one? Read it out loud. Come on, loud. But the word of God is not bound. I am in bonds, but the word isn't. Hear that. I'm having trouble, but there's no trouble in the word. I got some situation that I can't handle and do not understand, but there's the word. If I'm going to fall in love with the word, I'll fall in the love with the, the situation that God's word is going to lead me through. God's word is going to get me out. It is not bound. Hallelujah. The NIV says of that verse, for which I am suffering even to the point of being chained like a criminal, but God's word is not chained. God's word is not chained. His word is, preach the word, teach the word, speak the word, pray the word, fall in love with the word of God. I want to remind you today that the word of God is not bound by the elite intelligentsia that walks the marble halls of universities and colleges that profess certain things, do you realize today that somebody, if they had just a half of sense, would realize these groups that are now, that were once protesting something, are now standing with Hamas, standing with the terrorists. If you see somebody standing with the terrorists and you see somebody that is anti-Israel, they will probably be and normally be anti-Bible, anti-Christ. Look at them. Those today that are marching some 27 groups in Harvard that was originally a Christian university. Amen. 27 groups have come out from Harvard and, and are protesting and declaring, cut their heads off, rape their women. In this United States of America, oh, praise God, there is still somebody that says that is a lie. I need good sound doctrine. Sound doctrine is going to keep me even if those that have more... More degrees than me. Don't mean a thing. I'm going to say this and I'm going to move off quickly. There was a group, BLM. I'm not going to say the whole name. There was a group that started, if you look at them, they are anti-God, anti-family, and they are now proving to be anti-Israel. Mark them. Mark them. Amen. Not that we're trying to fight protesting, but don't follow into the trends of this world of secular thinking. That makes us think the word can change. Oh, there's something different about the word. We're smarter now. We understand now. Oh, praise be to God that his word is forever settled in heaven. Oh, praise be to God that heaven and earth will pass away. But God said, my word will never pass away. That is the book and good teaching. Fall in love with it. Right. 
Here's what Paul wanted Timothy to know. This young preacher, young pastor in Ephesus, he said, I, I, I want you to know, hold fast to sound words. Amen. He says, Timothy, uh, take advantage of knowing the scripture you have been taught since a childhood. Take advantage of knowing that for all scripture, he told him, is given by inspiration of God. He told him this is what you have to have. Oh, praise God for the word. I love the word. And if I have a love for the word, and if I have a love for doctrine, then I will quickly find error and call it that false doctrine. Amen. And let's go to 2 Timothy 2 and 10. Amen. Let's look at the 10th verse. Therefore, Paul said, I endure all things for the elect's sake, that they may also obtain the salvation which is in Christ Jesus with eternal glory. It is a faithful saying, for if we be dead with him, we shall live with him also. If we suffer, we shall also reign with him. If we deny him, he will deny us. If we believe not, and he, yet he abideth faithful. He cannot deny himself. Me standing up and saying the word of God is nothing, that it is all, that it is not his word, amen. He can deny me, but he will not deny his word. He cannot deny his word. He will be faithful to his word. Let me just remind you today, God will keep his word. He will keep his word. He is faithful. Verse 14, of the things put them in remembrance, charge them before the Lord that they strive not about words to no profit. There are some things you should never have to deal with. Let it go. But you need to be weary of the, those that have error in their life. He said, but to the subverting of the hearers. Paul said, shun in another place, Paul says, shun profane and vain babblings. Because false doctrine and error eats like a cancer or like a worm, he said. Avoid foolish and unlearned questions. Uh, cause people that oppose themselves with their false doctrine. Be aware of this. Those that err are, he said, ever learning and never able to come to the knowledge of the truth. What does that mean? It means you can have this word, but if you don't have sound doctrine, you can believe a lie. Study the word. Somebody says, study the word. Look at 2 Timothy chapter 2, verse 15. Study. To show thyself approved unto God, a workman that needeth not be ashamed, doing what? Rightly. Somebody say rightly, correctly, dividing the word of truth. Amen. What does that mean? That means get your doctrine right. Study the word, but don't fall into false doctrine. What happened around 300 AD is that Constantine, the leader of Rome, wanted, he was losing, he was losing because Christians were gaining. And so he got together some leaders, he got together some people, and they had the Council of Nicaea where they merged pagan trinity doctrine with Christianity and created its own Christianity trinity, which has never been preached by the apostles. It's not in the word, amen. And so here they created that. What did they do? They got 
together and they did not rightly divide the word. And so false doctrine came out and since that day, the enemy has had a foothold of confusion and false doctrine. But praise be to God for the light and the revelation of who he is. Amen. I'm glad to know who Jesus is. How about you? I'm glad to know the God in Christ. I believe he is the, the manifestation of God on this earth. Jesus is. Somebody ought to praise him today for truth. Let me quickly go on. He says, shun profane and vain babblings, for they will increase into more ungodliness, and their word will eat as doth a canker of them is uh, Hymenius and, and Philetus, who concerning the truth have erred, saying the resurrection is past already, and the overflow overthrow the faith of some. Nevertheless, somebody say nevertheless. The foundation of God standeth true, or standeth sure. Haveth this seal, the Lord knoweth them that are his, and let every one that nameth the name of Christ depart from iniquity. I need to study the Bible so I'll know the truth. I said I need to study the Bible so I'll know the truth. I've been blessed to be able to have a Bible study with Jim and Izzy. And she said something that made me just so sad in my heart. She said when they were raised up in, in a particular church, they were not allowed to have a Bible. Only the priest could have a Bible. And she said, for the first time, I'm hearing who God is. For the first time, I'm seeing who God is. Let me just tell you, there's a lot of error out there. That the only way to combat it is just to study this right here and find out. Amen. And how it relates and where it is at. Because if you pull the bloodline in the book of Genesis, you're going to find it puckering over in John. You're going to find it puckering over in Acts, all the way to Revelation. You see, God's word is consistent. It is coherent. Amen. And it has proven over the years to be true. Oh, praise God. Do you love the word? Do you love the word? Do you love good sound doctrine? I got to study to know the truth. John 17 and 14, it, Jesus said, I have given them thy word, and the word hath hate, and the world hath hated them. I've given thee thy word, and the world hath hated them. I've given them. You're not gonna be loved for believing this. You're not going to be loved in this world. Because they are not of the world, even as I am not of the world. I pray not that thou shouldest take them out of the world, but that thou shouldest keep them from the evil. They are not of the world, even as I am not of the world. Sanctify them through truth. What is truth? What is truth? He said his word was truth. His word is truth. Amen. Let everything fall. Let kingdoms come and kingdoms go. Let, let religions come and religions go. But his word will stand forever. Jesus said it. Hallelujah. The word of God is true. Thank the Lord. Amen. First Thessalonians 2 and 13. For this cause, Paul said, also thank we God without ceasing because when you received the word of God, which you heard of us, you received it not as the word of men, but as the word of truth, which is the word of God. The word of God. 
Oh, praise him in this house. So I study to know the truth. I study to know the truth. Amen. I study to know the truth. I study to receive faith. For faith cometh by hearing and hearing by the word of God. If I look and find the word of God, I will find it that it is indestructible. I will find it that it is incorruptible. For Peter said we are born again, not of corruptible seed, but of incorruptible by the word of God, which abideth for ever. Amen. It is indispensable. Matthew 4 and 4, he says, man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceedeth out of the mouth of God. I will tell you the word of God is infallible till heaven and earth pass away. Not one jot or one tittle shall in no wise pass away from the law till all be fulfilled. Amen. Thank God for his word. How great are thy works, the psalmist said, and thy thoughts very deep. It is inexhaustible. You can't get to the bottom of it. You can't get to the sides of it. If you can get from one end of the universe to the other, you still have not stretched out every truth, every word, all that pertains to God. And even if there was books that could be written beside this about all our God is, the world could not contain it. This word, this word, this word. How many know that verse? For the word of God is quick. It's powerful. It's sharper. Then a two-edged sword, piercing even to the, the dividing asunder of soul and spirit, of joints and marrow, and is a discerner of the thoughts and intents of the heart. Amen. If you could get this picture, it's a kind of a gross picture, but this is the picture that is saying here is that the word, the word of God is able to pin, pull you back, pull your skin back, and open up your very innards to expose your inside. How many of you have ever been in a place where the word of God, you were hearing it, whether it be by preacher or whether it be by a, a, a video you're watching or hearing, and all of a sudden you feel like your skin has been pulled back? And there has been an examination of your internal parts and you feel like you're under conviction. Amen. You ought to thank the Lord that his word is quick and powerful and sharper than any two-edged sword and it can discern my thoughts. It can discern my intents. It can peel the skin back and that expose me, Lord. See me for who I am. The psalmist said, search me, O Lord. The word will be a light. Amen. Not only where you're going, but who you are. Who you are on the inside. I love his word. I love his word. I love the doctrine. I, I have, I've preached things that I've missed it. I've mishandled scripture over, over my years in the ministry. I'll give you one little example. I preached about John the Baptist eating locusts and wild honey for years. And I'd say, how would you like to eat that bug? Which people do. How would you like to eat that? Oh, and I preached surviving on, on locusts and wild honey. Until I went to Israel in 97, and I found out that locusts was a fruit that they pour honey in. It looks like a big old bean. 
It has this fruit inside of it, and they peel it back just like a, a, a bean would or a pea. Peel it back, and they put honey over the top of it, and they eat it. Brother Austin, I preached junk, and I didn't know it. But when I learned what a locust was, I never went back to that characterization again. There are things that you and I believe about the word, no matter how long you've been in church, can be off. But if you'll keep studying, if you keep searching, you will find the Lord un unveiling, revealing his word to you. If you love it, amen, he'll show you his word. Somebody say, I love the word. And I love doctrine. We're not called to be impressive Bible scholars. We're not called to be impressive in presentation of the Bible in itself because it's impressive all by itself. I don't have to. I don't have to. Any attempt to all people with scholarship hurts the cause of Scripture to put people down because of what they do not know must be handled carefully. He said, Peter said, you need to be ready to give an answer for the hope that lieth within you. And he said, do it with meekness and fear. He didn't say do it with a hammer and a chisel. We need to be careful how we handle Scripture. We need to be careful how we handle the Greek and the Hebrew in Scripture. Because quite frankly, unless you're a Greek scholar, the Greek can throw you off quickly. I found that to be true. As long as my brother was alive, my brother Van was alive, I had a quick Greek scholar I could call. He had his master's degree in Greek. And he would help me. Now, I'm calling two and three and four and five different people. I'm studying different kind of revelations because I want to get it right. But then I want to get it right. I want to get the, I want to get the word right. Amen. I think we need to study and say, Holy Ghost, fall upon me. Amen. Fall upon me. I want the word to reveal it to me. Psalmist said, I delight myself in thy commandments, which I have loved. You love the word today? Why don't you stand to your feet and let it be expressed to God. Lift your voice, lift your hand, and express your love for the word today. Falling in love with good doctrine. Lord Jesus, fall in love with good doctrine. Hallelujah. I praise you today. I praise you today, Lord, for truth. I thank you, Lord God, that it doesn't have to come by uh, 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 you hitting us over the head, but God, but yet you teach us, you woo us by your word. I thank you for the word. I love your word. Lord, I love good teaching of the word. Oh God, I praise you today. I praise you today. Thank you, Lord, for your goodness. His word is true. His word is true. I just wanted to encourage you today to fall in love with God's word. Amen. He said, Pastor, I, I have a hard time studying. I'm not, I'm not really in tune with that. Read it and say, Lord, reveal yourself to me in this. Show you, and he'll do it. Amen.
Thank God for his word today. If you're a lover of the word, continue to be. If you're a lover of good doctrine, continue to be. Oh, praise God. When baptism is taught and infilling of the Holy Ghost and repentance of sins is taught, we ought to just embrace it. Well, I know everything about it. No, we don't. No, we don't. But I do know what the word says. What are we supposed to do? And Peter said unto them, repent and be baptized every one of you in the name of Jesus Christ for the remission of sins and you shall receive the gift of the Holy Ghost. I know that is the truth because I've experienced it, but it's so much deeper than that. Thank God for his word today. Let's lift up our hearts and our hands as they sing this scene. Thank you for listening to the MPC podcast. We trust that today's message has inspired you, encouraged you, and strengthened you in the Lord. We would like to invite you to join us again by simply subscribing to our podcast, and we encourage you to write a review if it has been a blessing to you. Again, you can find us at medorachurch.com to learn more about our ministry.